Rob, it's the new year. And not that long ago, you explained to me how you were eating KFC. What were they? Were they crackers? Were they chips? What, what uh, exactly? Pop- I forget. This was, this was KFC flavored popcorn. And oh, it was. Popcorn. Oh, my gosh. And I, I don't. It, it was awful. I mean, I think we spoke, we spoke about this in the episode, but it was truly. Right. I mean, I took the rest of the bag into the office. And yes. there's, you know, 10, 15 people there. It did not get eaten. Like a few people oh. tried it and it just went in the bin a week later because it was that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to top you, Rob. I feel as though I've kind of let you down. Like I, it's been a while since I've really dug into the, the snack realm and brought something important and different to the show. So I was grocery shopping just, I think it was like two days ago mm-hmm. and I sent you a picture of some potato chips that I bought called the, these are kettle brand. Now kettle brand are kettle cooked potato chips. They come in many flavors. It's a pretty good brand. I'd say it's a pretty greasy chip, very crunchy. Yeah. But, they, you know, they, yeah. We, we have them here. You know, I agree. Oh, you do? Pretty, yeah, we do. Have, yeah. We have kettle chips. Okay. Uh, All right. Let's see who they're made by. Do they, are they have a, do they have a big manufacturer behind them? I'm trying to see <laughs> who is, who, oh, it's Snyder's, Snyder's Lance. All right, Snyder's is a is a pretzel brand in America too, but let's not let's not get on to pretzels because today, I want to talk to you about the Kettle Brand Tailgate Edition Seven Layer Dip Potato Chip. I don't even know what Seven Layer Dip <laughs> means in this context. <laughs> First of all, I think you should Google that, and I want to tell you. I want to start by shortly before the the show began. I opened this bag up before we got on the line. And the first thing I did was I took a deep breath to really get the smell of these chips. And they smell disgusting. Oh, I just Googled it. And then I started eating them. Now, seven-layer dip is essentially some... The reason this is a tailgate edition, this is a very traditional kind of football uh, appetizer. You know, it's like you take... take, uh, refried beans and maybe guacamole and uh, tomatoes and cheese and all different sort of lettuce, all different uh, ingredients, seven in fact, that's why it's called seven layer dip. And you layer them up and then into onto like a big platter and then you serve them with, uh, with, you know, tortilla chips. And so it's kind of like a Mexican dip of sorts, I suppose, a very American Mexican dip. And uh, it can be good. It can be good. I wouldn't, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil, I'm going to cut right to the chase and spoil things and say, it's not appropriate for a chip. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking, this is the, this is to the best of my knowledge, the first time I've seen such a thing. Um, (laughs) But I I could see how this could be nice with, you know, tortilla chips and stuff like that. Because, as you say, it's got all the things you you want, which, like you would normally have with you know the guacamole and, and all of and the sour cream, right, right. But I can Altogether. also I can also see that would be awful as a flavor for like an actual potato chip. I right. Know. Well, it's 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 a lot of flavors being thrown onto a chip, and a seven layer dip is one of those things that you know people start out they eat it. It gets very messy very fast, like the you know the dish. It looks very messy very fast, and before long, depending on the weather, if you're outside, for instance, and it's warm, it'll get gross pretty fast. But when it's fresh, it's good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a taste test here right on the show. 
Very crunchy. Mm. And I'll tell you, Rob, I can taste the ingredients of seven layer dip. Wow. I can taste, I mean, I will say that this reminds me of sour cream and onion chips. Mm-hmm. You definitely taste the cheese and the sour cream. They're also spicy. So they're a little bit like jalapeno chips or something like that that you might have had before. So that's in there. I'm looking at the ingredients now, which also include chili, tomato powder, buttermilk powder, uh, sour cream, onion powder, sugar, garlic, mustard, and cheddar cheese. Beyond that, oh, I guess, oh, it actually does, wow. It has black beans and avocado pulp solids. Yeah, so it, it says these are naturally flavored, and based on the ingredients, there are more natural than unnatural things in this list, all dried out in some fashion or another. Yeah, I, I but, love a good love a good pulp solid. That's really. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. I don't know what that's the. Those are the bits that they that didn't make the cut when they were making the guacamole, the fresh guacamole. They take the leftovers and they make pulp solids. But uh, yeah, it's you know, it's all there. It's a lot of flavor, and it's a it's a, it's a little too much. I'll say it's not. It's I don't know what I'm going to do with these chips now. I've had three or four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't strike me as particularly good for my health. No, I can't imagine so. No, uh, I don't like them. So I will have to, maybe, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send them to the office with Jennifer tomorrow. That's a good idea. Yeah. They're, they're about a, they're probably, her office is probably about the same size as yours. And I... I don't know. I mean, I'll be interested to see what happens. They're in the middle of a move from one office location to another, and I could see them getting hungry and digging into these. So maybe, uh, yeah, maybe it'll maybe they'll be a hit. But they're they're not going to stay in this house. Yeah, I mean, you're really doing them a favor, if anything. Of course, yeah, free food. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love free food? All right, well, Rob, you also you you dug into another popcorn flavor this this holiday season. I, I did, so I need to start, because I'm not sure. Do you have such a thing as a Werther's Original? Do you know what we, that is? Yes, we do, actually. They're like little toffee candies, basically, mm-hmm. hard toffee candies. Okay, so you do have, that's good. That that skips the hard part of this. Um, so this was Werther's Original Popcorn, or Werther's Original Flavoured Popcorn, um, which you think, oh, okay, it's just toffee, it's caramel, whatever the hell they are. It was not great. It was fine, but there was like Werther's originals have have quite a strong flavour, and that, so uh-huh. it sort of left a very strange aftertaste in my mouth after this popcorn. Um, hmm. But you know, I can't resist an unusual popcorn, um, and, and I actually ordered these on Amazon because because <laughs> it was the only place I could buy them. <laughs> um, probably not worth the three four pound that I paid for them, but you know. It is what it is. It, it, these are the things we do for the show. Well, I'm a little disappointed because I think Werther's are a pretty good candy. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I like Werther's. I like popcorn. But yeah, the two together is just kind of okay. So, <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, it, it strikes me as very much a kind of typical caramel corn concoction. 
mm-hmm. uh, which I assume that there's plenty of caramel corn in the UK. I mean, I, I don't. I think that's a fairly universal. Uh, I don't think we would call it that, but I, I'm pretty sure we have equivalent products that, you know that are very similar. Do you know what they do in Chicago with caramel corn? They do a mix. They do a mix of caramel corn and cheddar cheese corn. Oh my! And they mix them together, and it's surprisingly good. Interesting. Yeah, you should keep an eye out for that. That's a very Chicago thing. Yeah. That does sound interesting. I have seen it elsewhere now, too. I think it's kind of spread. It's become, at least around here, I've seen it. I mean, it's not just in Chicago, but I, at least my understanding, and maybe this is just because I first discovered it in Chicago, but I think it's kind of originated there with a couple of popcorn and nut shops that were in downtown Chicago. So that's that's a that's a mix that's uh, that's pretty typical. Another thing, I am going to go a little deeper on popcorn because I'm really thinking about popcorn now. Okay. Is kettle do you, have you had kettle corn before? I don't think so. All right. So this I think kettle corn is probably my favorite flavor of the popcorn snacks because it's like a lightly sugared popcorn. And a lot of times you go to a like a fair in the summertime and they'll be making it there fresh and they'll have these big cauldrons of popcorn and they're somehow like coating them with a, a light coating of sugar. And it's quite good. I mean, it's a little bit like caramel corn, but it's not nearly as candy-like. It's, a, it's more just like a light sweetness to it, which is kind of oh, nice. Yeah, I think we, we we certainly have like popcorn in the supermarkets that is closer to this okay. kind of thing, like a sweet popcorn, but as you say, it's like quite a um quite a light coating on it compared to, you know, the sort of the toffee and the caramel type stuff. Right. It's not like it's not like all stuck together like candy with nuts or anything like that. It's just kind of still popcorn and, you know, individual pieces, but lightly coated with a little bit of a little bit of sugar that tastes quite good. Yeah. Well, that, um, I think our next topic is another one of our favorite things well, to talk about. It literally goes back to the origins of Ruminate, I think, mm-hmm. and and our conversations about Nando's. Because I believe that at the time that we started this show, Nando's had just come to Chicago. And now, sadly, I don't live anywhere near a Nando's. Oh, no. That's nope, yeah, nowhere that near. Is, I'm going to look on a... Apple Maps and see how close, <laughs> how close the nearest Nando's is. My guess is that somewhere like in Washington D.C. or something like that. Yeah. Well, we uh, while you're looking that up, we we took Baby Knight uh, to Nando's and she she had her first Nando's. Uh, oh, not very nice. I mean, you know, she's ten months old. She's not drinking. She's not eating a lot. She just had some chicken. Um, but she seemed to enjoy herself, and, and we enjoyed ourselves because I always enjoy Nando's. Um, and the, the link that I added uh, earlier today is Nando's have a merch shop. Um, shop the shop the I drip did. drop they call it. Uh, oh, I did not know this. <laughs> um, and once I've got rid of the cookie notices, because of course it's completely <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah, they have some sliders that have got the Nando's logo on. Uh, they've got a hoodie that just says extra hot. Uh, some <laughs> socks going on here. <laughs> All right. It's uh, oh. yes. This is this is new, new information to me. I, I'm not sure I want to spend the prices. Like some of this stuff is quite expensive for what it is. There, there is a place called Nando's Donuts in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, a hundred miles away, and that is not 
a real Nando's. That's a fake Nando's, I can tell you that much. Yeah, that's not that's not quite what you're looking for. There is one five and a half hours away in Virginia. That's my closest one. Right. Yeah, that's going to be a bit Very of a trip sad. for you. Yeah, no, although they do have Nando's peri-peri sauce at uh, the local grocery store. So I, I do, I do uh, have some of that in my fridge at the moment. Yeah, that's always worth having around just to uh, chuck with on. Chips. Yeah, yeah oh, chips or whatever. Always. So good with chips. Um, This next link, did I add this? Or did you, this is a blog post I wrote about my home screen. And I don't know if you added it or I did. I did because I thought it was interesting. I like talking about home screens in the new year. It's a good time to share your mm-hmm. home screen. Yeah, let me let me pull this. I I couldn't I'm remember. It up. <laughs> I should ask you some questions about it. I see that you only have one reminder. Uh, there's actually three there, but the way it's blurred makes it look like there's only one. Oh, I see. Um, okay. It it seems to have blurred it black. You have very so you have you have multiple very secret reminders and uh and calendar events i see yeah i think the funny thing was i think when i took this screenshot both of those events in the calendar are not even my events they're like jess's events oh, yeah, so probably, i was like yeah, yeah. i can't um I you know, know. It, I, i've been there i've been there many know, times i don't go anywhere so the chances of those events being mine are very unlikely but yeah um <laughs> oh man all right so I, I want to ask you about one app right off the uh, right off the bat, which is Huckleberry. What's that? Oh boy! So this is a it's a baby tracking app. Uh, I was going to for... say it had that look of maybe being a baby thing. Yeah, so it's for keeping track of feeds and sleeps and poops mm-hmm. and everything else that babies do, and you need to know when they've done it. Um, it's not a very good app. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I didn't pick it. Uh, Jess picked it. This, uh, I don't know if it was a recommendation or what, but she said, oh, this is the app we use, and I'm not, I'm not one to argue. There, there is one right. called, uh, I think it's called like Baby Melon or, or something. Um, oh, no, I know which one you're talking about. Yes, Melon Baby, it, uh, maybe? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I, mm, it's I not know. Baby Melon. melon. It's like uh, something similar, though. It is a fruit. Yeah, I will find it for the show notes. Um, is it Papaya Baby or something like that? Oh, I can't remember now. Uh, it was sent to me the other day. Um, the point, whatever this app is called, and I will make sure it's in the show notes, the one that we're trying to think of. Um, no, we should find it. I can't sit here and not say what it is. That's ridiculous. Uh, I don't think I don't think it's Papaya. The worst thing is, Devon sent it to me the other day. Oh, oh, then I think I, okay. Look on Devon's website. Oh, yeah, I know, I thought. I bet he's written, I bet he's written about it. Mango baby. There it goes. See, I told you it was a fruit. It wasn't a papaya, though. <laughs> papaya baby we know that one well i don't know if mango baby makes any more sense than papaya baby no anyway so now we've now we've worked out what that was called mango baby um appears to be the sort of the best one like it, it seems to be pretty well designed it's it's got all the features like widgets live activities all that kind of stuff um and i think it's like 10 pound 
or ten dollars to unlock everything, which is you know pretty reasonable. There's no no subscription or anything. Um, right. But it's also not my place to start no, switching yeah, yeah. switching baby apps because you know Jess is the one who's here during the day when I'm at work, so I'm not gonna right right. Um, so yeah, I'm, that's you know that's not I'm not gonna be switching. Although I think had I been involved, that probably is the one we would have picked. Right. At least you're not. At least you're not writing everything down in a paper notebook with a pencil, like a you know, like an animal. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, th- this app is Huckleberry, the one I'm using. It's it's fine. I don't know who makes it. There's loads of different types of subscriptions you can get inside of it for sleep stuff. I don't really know. Um, I don't, now, I, well, now, now that I have pointed out probably the worst app on your entire mm-hmm. home screen, we should probably mention some of the better ones. Yeah, I totally get. You've got Messenger and WhatsApp. Makes mm-hmm. sense to me. That's undoubtedly how you communicate with most of your friends and family. Yeah. Uh, Monzo, which I know is a banking app that we don't have that in the U.S., but I know that you've done some projects to make some icons because don't they use like some sort of UK mandated open API that allows you to do stuff uh, with their with their banking app to some degree. Uh, they yeah, so all the UK banks do have this API thing, but that's not what I was doing. So this oh, the okay. thing you're thinking of that if you've got like a savings pot, you can put a specific image on. And I I made a website for for generating those images, right? Uh, which right, I think right, we right. we must have spoke about probably four or five years ago now. I think something yeah. like that. It's a handy it's a handy little online tool though because you can use those images for other things too if you, if anybody's looking for ways to kind of I don't know deck out their stream deck or whatever it happens to be that that's uh that's a good thing to do. That's a very I, good I point see. because I added an option to make the icon square for exactly that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm always on the lookout for that kind of stuff because I think what people don't re- one of the things that drives me bananas is people who have this hodgepodge of icons on their stream deck. It just gives me it gives me hives. Yeah, and they, and people use such <laughs> bad bad images sometimes that are blurry. They're the wrong the wrong scale and all this stuff. And if you can find a tool like yours, or you use like even if you just use like SF symbols, or there's a bunch of different tools you can do where there's like a uniform look and feel, and they're simple, and they're and they scale properly. So that's my that's my thing about icons and stream decks for you. And like yeah. I have a loop deck, a loop deck live, and I use primarily SF symbols, but I also use some of the Mac Stories pixel icons that were yeah. originally designed for shortcuts and for um, OmniFocus. And I just do them in black and white because you know what? I don't need my button pressing machine to be distracting me. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree so. with you. Yeah, so I see I you've got a Marvis Pro icon here that I didn't even know was one of the options, and I kind of like it. It's uh, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It almost looks like an icon that you would use for an outline, in mm-hmm. a sense. It's three horizontal lines at different indents, is why I say that. But it also kind of has that that music vibe too. Yeah, yeah. I I um I think they have this, then they have like the normal sort of music looking one and then a music one that's like on a 3d sort of button um but yeah, this is what the, i'm using this is the one i always tend to come back to i think because it's got a similar color to the actual music app as well it sort of mm-hmm. works in my brain that i'm like oh, okay yeah, there's the like orangey pink sort of orangey ready pink color 
um, and I can just jump straight to that. Very nice. Very nice. Well, you've also got a couple of reading apps, Omnivore for Read Later and NetNewsWire mm-hmm. for RSS, which are both yeah. good choices uh, and both open source. The Omnivore app, someone, I, it was funny. I was, I, I mean, every time someone I talk about Read Later stuff, someone gives me a new recommendation and I've mm-hmm. been using Omnivore. I I have not I had not used Omnivore until recently for maybe I don't know four or five months. It's really come a long way recently. Oh yeah, it, it's it's really impressive. Um, the the biggest problem I have it with it is their API is not mm. as nice as I'd like. I mean, I don't really yeah. think that's necessarily their focus. Um, I, but for what it does, it, it it does all of that really well. I mean, it does all like the voice to or the text to speech and that kind of thing. Um, it, it's, yeah, it, it really is impressive. It suffers a little bit from cross-platform design. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the design has gotten a lot better. I will say that. Uh, I the 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 voices are the ones that are from OpenAI. I think they have like a program with some other voices that are even higher quality. Uh, but the but like the default ones are all the ones that are. Uh, part of the OpenAI API, that, uh, which are quite good. I like them a lot. Um, and I like that you can do the audio offline, which I, I really, though, wish what... Here are my two wishes for Omnivore. I'm going to say this in a lot of places now because I want I want this app to get a little bit better. And it's really close to being like exactly what I want. I want those offline files to be exposed in the files app. Because what I want to do is take the MP3s, which is undoubtedly the format they're in, and I want to put them into an an open audiobook player. There's a an audiobook player called Every Word that takes MP3s, you know, basically non-DRM audiobook player. And I want to specifically want to use an audiobook player because they have the functionality of allowing you to pause partway through and come back to where you were on like a music app, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I want to do that. I want to, I want to be able to get at these MP3s and I also want shortcut support, which I think they're working on. Um, I'd also like to be able to get, while I'm at it, I want to get the, the articles out too. One of the things that drives me bananas about read later apps is, and, and probably the best one that doesn't do this, you know, a lot of them, what they do is they feel like you're going to go read in them and you're never going to do anything with those words again. So they're a dead end, which I don't like. Good Links does a great job of this. They let you export articles in Markdown and other formats. So I'd like something like that in Omnivore, where if I want to, not only can I get out the article itself, but I would like to just get all the metadata. I want to be able to, like, say, create me a link list of everything tagged with this tag in Markdown format with the title, the author, the date, and maybe the first two paragraphs, you know, like basically I want access to all the metadata as shortcut parameters so that I can build stuff for, you know, things I'm going to publish. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Omnivore, I think, I don't remember if I discussed this with you, but they don't actually have an export option at all. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. I know. Um, I, I had to build a thing that <laughs> exports them to an HTML file. Um because I needed to like do something just with the, the links. I didn't need any of the metadata. I just wanted the links. Um, right. That's a lot of work yeah, just I had for to, the links. <laughs> right. Like I had to build a script to do that. So, but you know, it is what it is. 
it's uh, it, it is a nice app I, I i think that they've they've done a really good job with it um you know as you say there's there's some things that would be nice like shortcuts which they've said is coming um right. so but yeah you know it's very good i i mean i know i sound critical but i actually really like it so i'm not, mm. not trying to be too hard on them but i do have I do have my opinions when it comes to apps. <laughs> you have Obsidian. Are you using Obsidian mostly for work or for personal stuff or both? Uh, mostly personal stuff. Um, a little bit of work. Like if mm-hmm. if we have a meeting or something, I have a work folder in there and I will start a note and put my notes in there. But then those notes go elsewhere, um, you know, once I'm done. I don't, I'm not organizing work stuff inside Obsidian. It, it, Obsidian is purely for um personal stuff pretty much got it got it so are you doing like a johnny Death- decimals system for your notes i am yes um very nice only in as much as all of the folders have an id so that they don't move around ah, um you and i have landed at the same place i think yeah because i i think we when we spoke about this I, I might have mentioned this but the the most useful thing i think i found is that things don't move if you rename them with the Johnny Decimal System or just with you know, exactly. numbers in general. It's been so useful because I know now that I have like a folder called System, which is sort of like metadata. It's just like an inbox and a few other bits. I know that's right. always going to be at the top now. It doesn't matter what I rename it or what I call it. It's always going to be at the top of my list in Obsidian. Yeah, no, I mean, that's absolutely what I'm doing. I think that the power of that system is that it's the folder naming and the fact that it relies on a shallow folder system. So mm-hmm. everything, nothing's more than a couple of levels deep if you stick to the system. And I think that that's really good. I think beyond that kind of naming your individual files with numbers and things, to me that becomes busy work very quickly. And and I I don't know, unlike a lot of people, I get rid of a lot of my notes. I, mm-hmm. I aggressively delete my notes. Every single thing that now that... One of my things for 2024, every article that I publish somewhere, I delete the note. I delete the draft because why? Why would I keep the draft? It's on the it's on the web. So totally agree. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I think we've talked about this, but yeah, I think it's a really nice system. I think it does a gr- it's done a really good job to organize me. And mine, mine, unlike yours, is more work related, but mm-hmm. it it really has made a big difference in kind of being able to find things quickly. And I kind of use. I allow myself to create notes outside of the system, which just drop to the bottom, which is fine because that then becomes kind of like my inbox where I see like three or four of those stacking up. It's very easy then to just kind of move them into the appropriate folders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. That's, uh, um, but yeah, I think you've pretty much covered all the third-party apps there because sometimes it's uh, what well, I've got photos and messages, but those are pretty self-explanatory. Yep, yep, yep. And you've got Ivory and Overcast, of course. I mean, those are, are you know, fan favorites, of course. Ivory, I mean, I don't think you can beat Ivory for Mast- a Mastodon client. It's it's what I use mainly. I once in a while dip into Mona, but I prefer the design of Ivory overall. And then Overcast, you know, I mean, nobody has better audio than than Marco with the smart speed and and what you know been gap skip or whatever he calls them uh, both great features uh, and with overcast as well like one thing i think people tend to forget is how quickly episodes come through um i mean at least for they our do. show 
No, no, Marco, Marco has an endpoint where you can actually ping it and say the new episode's out, which is exactly what I do for our, for our show. Um, oh, which I is didn't why know comes... that. You should, I should yeah. do that for the Max Story shows. <laughs> Hang on, let me. Uh... You can you send me that. I had no idea because I, um, I. It's pretty quick anyway. I mean, it's literally mm-hmm. within five minutes. I can, I can find. I always go to Overcast to before I announce anything to make sure that it's show our shows are showing up, and that usually takes less than five minutes. Yeah, um, because what I've noticed is um, that, like uh, Jason over at Hemispheric Views, he uses uh, the Apple Podcast app, and I'll say I'll ruminate out. And twenty minutes later, he's still like, oh, no, yeah. it hasn't shown up in iTunes in, in no, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, yet. no, it's there are two things about Apple Podcasts that drive me crazy. It's that, and I never go back and look. It's just like, well, if it doesn't show up in iTunes, it's in podcasts. It may never show up because I hardly ever check, mm-hmm. uh, even though I use the app. And I, I, the other thing they have, they have these um, these marketing assets available for podcasters that include an iframe. And I use that in our posts on Mac Stories. Mm-hmm. It takes like three hours for those things to populate. What? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. not good. No, it's not even the twenty minutes it takes the show to sh- the episode to show up. It's like if I publish in the morning, it'll be there by lunchtime. Yeah, pretty right. But, but it takes hours, <laughs> not uh, uh, not minutes. Yeah, um, so it's not yeah, like I'm ever in a hurry. But yeah, but yeah, I, I feel like you know over the how long's Overcast been around? Ten years or something. Oh yeah, a long um, time. And, and you know, I've dipped in and out with Castro and Pocket Casts, and you know some other other apps that have come along. And like Marco or Overcast has always been the quickest in terms of shows turn you know arriving. Um, c- compared to you know a lot of the time, I'm getting the notification before anybody's posted about it. Um, you know, which of yep. course, like you yep. say, people will wait for those to show up, but like. It's always been extraordinarily quick for for new episodes to show up, which I think it's is a, more important to me than anything. Well, I think it's especially quick if you're fairly consistent about the time of day that you post your podcasts, because I think he's doing some sort of, you know, back end stuff to to kind of be on the lookout for them at a particular time of day or day mm-hmm. of the week. So depending on the consistency, that helps as well. But yeah, it's good. I mean, and look, there are a lot fewer third-party players than there once were. And so hopefully Overcast will stick around. Uh, Castro seems to be on its deathbed and Stitcher is gone. Not that I would have ever recommended Stitcher to anyone in the past, but but there aren't there are just fewer options. I am on a um I'm on a beta for an app called Untitled Podcast app. Ah, so am uh, I. <laughs> Oh, and there was the. Let's talk. We briefly. We, we're running. Oh, we've we actually been running for quite a while, but um, there was the one I sent you yesterday called. Uh, I think it's Cooler.fm. I have to uh, go check that out. I haven't had a chance to yet. So, just to give you a brief overview, I, you, you download it and you, you know, you subscribe to your shows like you would, and it has the weirdest UI for the playback. Like it's mm. these weird round buttons, and there's no icons on them. But that's neither here nor there. But what it's doing is you have there's like a chat section for each episode so mm-hmm. like if if for some reason we pushed everyone and said oh everybody download this app listen to ruminate in that we could then all chat like it's an interesting concept even as i'm saying it i'm like why wouldn't you just use discord or mastodon but it's an in- interesting concept nonetheless i assume it's asynchronous uh yes it is okay 
Yeah, so Makes I think sense. I think I put a message on like ruminates last episode or something just to, yeah. <laughs> to see what yeah. happens. So, so they're basically they're basically have like a, a chat board connected to each episode that people can post to and yeah, yeah. It's a neat idea. Yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. Anyway, I mean, like I say, even as I'm saying it, I'm like. No, this isn't. It doesn't make any sense because nobody's going to switch apps just to do this. But no, but if it were to become popular app, having that kind of thing in the app to begin with would make some sense because you're in the app listening to it and you want to do it in the moment. And I, I get that, but that's the problem: is getting people to switch for what is essentially a feature. More, it's basically it's a feature, not an app, right? And the problem yeah. is you're you're trying to sell an app to get this feature into the world. It would be neat to see that adopted by maybe Overcast or Apple Podcasts or something like that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> not to not to put these peop- these poor people out of business. I mean, I don't even know. It looks like a good no. app, so I'll try it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, at least I will put it all in the show notes anyway, and people can check it out. All right. Do you want to you want to stop it there, and maybe we can talk about CES next time after it's all over? I've been steeped in CES. Uh, I'm still checking things out. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that because you know it started today, so we've got you know a, a good couple, good few days for more ridiculous stuff to be announced. We do. I have a lot of reading to do. This is a, I, I really enjoy CES. I mean, I enjoy it most because I don't go to CES. I just kind of piggyback on the hard work of other people who actually go there and, and report mm-hmm. on it. And then I pull out the things that I think are interesting and, and, uh, and talk about those. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, you've already got one article up over on Mac stories, which I'll put a link to. So I do. And as soon as we finish here, I'm going to have a second. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I will, if it's up, then I will uh, <laughs> make sure to get it in the show notes as well. All right. Well, I will race to get it out. I think it's ready to go. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Bye.